Welcome into another episode of the Talk Before Kickoff podcast. I'm your host, Jared Alator, and we got a good one for you today. We're previewing in the Oklahoma State-Boise State game on the beautiful blue turf in Idaho. And we got a great guest lined up. This is the former Boise State quarterback, the 2007 Offensive Player of the Game of the Fiesta Bowl, and also the front cover of NCAA Football 2008, former Boise State quarterback Jared Zabransky taking his team on an undefeated season in his senior year back in 2006. Folks, here he is, Jared Zabransky, the former Boise State quarterback. Jared Zabransky, how have you been today? Oh, today was a good day. Had some, <laughs> uh, had some presentations that prepped for all week and got those, got those finished up, and I was able to get out this, this evening in West Michigan and play a golf round at uh, White Lake Golf Course, which was, uh, if you've ever been to West Michigan, it's it's quite pretty country and have that. I'll say time with a colleague, and it was it was a lot of fun and, and uh, getting ready to watch some football this weekend. Yeah, that obviously I'm very ready to do that as well. And uh, Western Michigan, I'll put that down on my uh, on my bucket list of places to go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Lake Michigan's right here, and all sorts of little finger lakes around the lake. It's it's beautiful. For sure, for sure. Well, we'll get into the current tenure at Boise State with Andy Avalos, the first-year head coach, also the former linebacker, played with you around your time. What's been the relationship with you and Andy and the rest of the Boise State teams after your time as a college player? Well, I try to stay uh, in touch with the team as much as possible, the program uh, over the years, uh, staying involved as much as possible and uh, around the team uh, when I can and uh, stay in touch with the current players and past players as they move on. We had a pretty close-knit group as I moved through the program. And as you mentioned, Andy was a senior captain my first year as a starter my sophomore year. Um, he was a heck of a player. He's a kind of a epitomized uh, Boise State football. Uh, chip on the shoulder, overachiever, had a lot of talent, was a little undersized. But all in all, was a hell of a football player. Made some huge plays for us. Um, play that I remember uh, specifically was a, I don't know, it was like a 70 or 80 yard interception uh, return for a touchdown in the, the 2004 Liberty Bowl um, that we played Louisville in. Our defense played a heck of a game. Uh, allowed a lot of points because it was a high scoring game. I think we ended up losing 40, uh, 44 to 40. Um, on a last second Hail Mary and gave us a chance there at the end. But um, just a great football player. And, uh, stayed in touch with him throughout his coaching career and was happy to see uh, as Harson moved on that Andy ended up getting the job because I know uh, what his mentality is and uh, what he brings as a leader uh, to our program. Yeah, and as Andy Avalos gets set to Coach, his big game coming up on Saturday. What could you say about this game, previewing this game with Oklahoma State and Boise State? You know, obviously, we know all the trick plays, and obviously we'll get into that later on, uh, the trick plays back in your heyday. But 
what's kind of the preview that you're looking at with what Boise State can do against Oklahoma State, whose defense has been solid, but they're blocking, their run game. It's been a little bit rusty at times. What do you think? Well, I think I think you've seen what Boise State's offense is capable of, you know, the first half against UCF coming out quickly. And, you know, it's always been a start fast, finish strong mentality at Boise State. And we definitely started fast, and we, we didn't finish quite the way that we wanted to that opening game of the season. Uh, I think uh, unanimously UCF is, is a pretty uh, pretty good football team. And uh, we were able to come back last week and put a game together against UTEP at home uh, for four quarters. The defense uh, really kind of shined bright in that game. Um, so I, I feel like, you know, they're, they're starting to get comfortable. Um, offensively, we are extremely explosive with with uh, Shakir outside. And I, I think the more that the ball makes its way to him, the better we, we, uh, we move the ball down the football field. So I think he's going to, uh, be vital um, for our offense, getting him a bunch of touches. Uh, Oklahoma State is obviously we've got a we've got a vendetta. Uh, we, we owe y'all uh, for the the meeting there in Stillwater. So um, I think we've got uh, you know there's there's definitely going to be a, a revenge mentality, and, and uh, we got you at home. So we're pretty we're pretty good on the blue. Yeah, and the blue is obviously a, a hotbed for everybody, for every college football fan to see. I'm very excited to see that personally. And from what you know about Oklahoma State, um, what could you say about Mike Gundy and his team and the recruits that you've seen in the past? Who've been your favorite players coming out of uh, Oklahoma State historically? Well, I mean, they're just the, the receiving cores that have come out of Oklahoma State are just always very impressive. Um, I had a workout um, in 2008 with the Steelers, and uh, the oldest was, I believe it was Rashawn. Rashawn or Rashad uh, was the receiver that I had the workout with. And, I believe he won the Belichick the year before, mm. uh, and, and then you know you, you make your way through the through the, the Des Bryant era, and, and just I think Gundy has a knack for bringing in a ton of talent, and he's uh, so obviously a little older than forty, um, <laughs> but that, you know, that, that sticks out to me just the character and. Um, how he's become a staple with that program. He's a lot of fun to watch on the sideline, a lot of fun to watch in pressers after. Um, obviously does the right things there, brings in high-level recruits. So you know that Oklahoma State is going to put a uh, talented football team together every year, uh, which is a challenge for, um, you know, for especially for a mid-major to, to go after and try to get a win. So it's, it's definitely one that's marked on our schedule as a very important big game. You know, something that Boise State has to, you know, a game that Boise State has to win if they want to push towards a Mountain West championship and hopefully a, a good bowl at the end of the season. Absolutely. And as well as Cowboy fans, Bronco fans, we're all ready to see it. We're all ready to see this out-of-conference matchup. And it'll be a good one, folks. But now getting into 
your college football prime, the fun stuff, <laughs> Oklahoma, first of all, let's go back almost 15 years ago, almost 15 years ago. I'll, I'll say 14 and a half years ago for now. Yeah. But yeah. Oklahoma was favored by seven and a half. You found yourself on the brink of completing an undefeated season. Take me through the huddle of the lateral play and the Statue of Liberty play and your reaction after both of those plays were successful. Well, it's, you know, there were the three really big ones, right? Kind of forget that. Down and over time, that kind of gets overshadowed by the hook and ladder. And, uh, you know, I start with the hook and ladder. You know, we've, we've, I I put us in a kind of a tricky situation there um, at the end of the game, throwing the pick six when we've got a chance to go down and kind of solidify, uh, give ourselves a chance to win. So we're, you know, we're chasing after they go up uh, 35-28 there and it ends up coming fourth and 18 after we've got a couple you know big plays to start the drive and we're in midfield and we get the call from the sideline that that play call was called circus and it was uh, you know kind of funny that that was the, the nomenclature for the play but it, it really was you know, as we practiced that play on Fridays before Thursdays and Fridays before you know our Saturday games, that play would turn into a circus. I mean, it never worked. Uh, you know, the intent was to get the the ball to to uh, our in breaking route and have you know, our receiver catch a, a good pitch and, and make his way down the sideline. And, and about halfway through the year, what was extremely important about three fourths, I guess about week nine or 10, we, uh, we changed the concept and we used to throw the in-breaking route to a three receiver side and the single receiver was the, the ladder. <laughs> and what coaches kind of discovered was, hey, there's so much so much attention on the three receiver side, you know, when the team's going into prevent or they, they take, you know, the three receivers set and put three or four DBs to that side. It really makes it tough for the for the ladder uh, to have any room to run. So they they switched it to throw the hook to the single receiver side and then have number two from the three receiver side end up being the ladder. And that was extremely that was the game changer for that play. And you know it was, it was important for us to have the back be a, a secondary pitch option, and then I was the tertiary pitch option. So after I throw it, I got to get out of the backfield and run down the field for, you know, a, <laughs> a, a potential circus-like pitch-pitch uh, opportunity. But fortunately for us, uh, Oklahoma was soft enough to start the play, and we had a big enough hole out there that receiver was able to drive some chance, was able to catch the ball, and uh, kind of almost tuck it for just a split second and push for a couple of steps to have that corner – uh, converge on the in-breaking route as opposed to staying soft. And that little bit gave us a step when he made the pitch to Gerard Rabb catching at full speed going the other way. That gave us enough time and enough space for him to break down the sideline with, with enough uh, lead to, to get to the end zone. So that play, uh, 4th and 18, you know, it's, it is a, a – wish upon a star at that point but you know what it just takes one play uh and, and it obviously turned out well for us and then uh we go into overtime and 
Adrian Peterson, one play goes 25 yards, and, and it takes us about five plays to get in the end zone. Uh, on a fourth down call, we go uh, halfback pass, and we're on the sideline, and Coach Pete says, hey, we're going to go halfback pass. I'm thinking, let's not put the ball in our receiver's hands. And it's a young receiver, Vinny Breda, who's, you know, we, we knew we could throw it, but he hasn't thrown the ball all day. You know, we've been playing <laughs> We've been in a game for three and a half hours. It's not like he was, you know, throwing passes on the sideline. So that was another one where I was kind of like, well, you know, I, I know we could be successful on this. Obviously, we were we were excellent at gadget plays. Uh, Coach Pete felt strong about it, and our tight end was a, we were able to get enough sell with the run that tight end Derek Schumann was able to slide into the corner, and then he threw a perfect ball, and then. Uh, you know, we were tired. Our defense was worn out. Um, our coach knew it. Our, you know, our coaching staff knew it. And we knew the staff that what we had schemed as far as the defensive set that we were predicting was actually the set that was given, presented to us pre-snap, which it was. And then, you know, just it was real simple after that. Make sure everybody's set and make sure our ball handling was secure and uh, everybody sold it extremely well. And, uh, you know, the result was basically a walk in and the celebration after. Man, that's one of my favorite college football games growing up. I was about an eight-year-old kid uh, just staying up watching this unbelievable classic. And then and then it, it just were didn't – Were you a Cowboys fan? Uh, I was, uh, so I, I'm down in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So in a way, yes, <laughs> uh, the Dallas, uh, Dallas Cowboy fan, but, uh, yeah. right. But, yeah. uh, um, for this game, it's like, I mean, you, you, you could just do nothing, but just, you know, root for the root for the little guys or root for, uh, root for the Broncos who, you know, Going up against Adrian Peterson, Oklahoma, you know, a lot of a lot of people, of course, they love Oklahoma and everything. And you're like, wow, well, you know, maybe it's time to give the other guys a chance. <laughs> and uh, it, it felt like that. It definitely it definitely felt like that, especially with how Oklahoma was favored. Uh, but absolutely one of my favorite games growing up. Never forget it. And not only that, but afterwards, Chris Myers from Fox Sports said, he had no choice but to tell the viewers about Ian Johnson and what he was about to do and the proposal. <laughs> yeah. What was yeah, your yeah. role? What was your role in knowing what Ian was going to do beforehand? I had no clue. I, uh, uh, a lot of us didn't know what, what was about to transpire. Um, mm -hmm. So we, we were pretty focused on the football game and, and didn't know until after the fact, obviously the proposal and, uh, but it kind of funny because Chris Myers was like, "Hey, uh, are you going to do this?" <laughs> and it kind of forced him into it a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was quite the event. Well, uh, certainly a a reason for a big celebration there, no doubt about it. And going on from that, from that historic game, when did you realize you were going to be the cover of NCAA 08 and and what what was your reaction to that? I mean, that's a that's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a kid. Yeah, no, I mean, I grew up playing playing uh, 
college football, you know, EA Sports, college football was always um, you know something everybody got excited about. You know, the next season coming out, and people would. You know, I wasn't a huge video gamer, but uh, we had a lot of guys on the team that just loved it, and it, it was pretty neat. You know, being able to play with yourself um, or your team. Uh, you know, as a kid, you grow up and you got to have this dream of playing Division One athletics or football, and then you get to play, you know, with yourself and your team. It's just kind of neat. I uh, never really thought about being on the cover. Um, I was actually at the Hula Bowl Senior All-Star Game in, in Hawaii, and I got the call uh, from the director of uh, uh, sports marketing with EA Sports. Uh, Sandy Sandoval calls me and says, hey, uh, you've been selected and you know, I was out in Hawaii for a week playing in an all-star game, which was just, you know, one of the coolest weeks of my life. Mm. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll be, uh, playing some NCAA football in the, in the near future too, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. When that, when that game comes back out for sure. And yeah. EA Sports treated us extremely well. They treated me well. And, mm. um, you know, they, they sent me, uh, you know, a bunch of games, obviously, and they programmed a, a special set of games where they kept our team on there. It was, it was NCAA, but they, they programmed it to where it was our, our Fiesta Bowl team. And, and then they had uh, they had me on there, still at quarterback, and, <laughs> and they programmed it to say it had my name. And it says, you know, Zabransky dropping back. So my son's eight years old, and he's quite the little quarterback. Uh, and he, he uh, gets a kick out of being able to play with that. Well, speaking of the game, in the NCAA video games, and I need to play this more so I can try and get Kirk Crowstreet to say this again, but in the game he says, oh, I remember this kid told me he could throw a potato so far and and all that. <laughs> you, you told him that you could throw a potato 100 yards. What did he think of that? <laughs> well, he, he got a kick out of it, and it was – it was actually at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, we mm. had a kind of a informal interview after our Friday night prep. And he, we were talking about kind of my childhood and growing up on a farm, which was kind of, which was chronicled that year. Um, and the story was fairly well known. We had a big year. I had a big year as a sophomore. And, uh, it was kind of in jest. And I could throw a baseball from home plate over our left field wall uh, in high school. Which is about 325 feet. So I, you find a, a little potato that was like baseball size. So I was like, I don't know, 80, 90, 100 yards, something like that. So that's where he caught that. And then people thought, well, shit, he's saying you can throw a baker 80 or 100 yards. <laughs> so it became a pretty big joke. So I, you uh, appreciate you reminding me of that. It's, uh, it's quite funny, but uh, it's definitely a good memory to go back and think about the. The interviews with Kirk and all the interesting times. Yeah, and my last question to you is, what are some of the great relationships that you've had during your playing time, whether it's Boise State or another college team or uh, another college athlete or another uh, NFL athlete on an NFL team? Who has been kind of someone, or maybe even multiple people, who have been the people that have uh, that have stuck by you? since your since your college career uh ask that again jared yes uh, i was asking who are the kind of people in 
or throughout your college career to kind of stick by you uh, as friends uh, still to this day in 2021? Oh, you know what? And, and this, people ask about our program uh, and the success that Boise State has had over the the really the tenure of the program, moving from 1AA to 1A. And, you know, our, our winning percentage is, is at the top of college football and that's always an argument that people try to make on each side. Um, but you know, you have to win football games if you're going to win, you know, 730% or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. the winning percentage that we have, you have to have a program that, that develops a culture and an environment, um, that is bigger than, than the player that has, uh, you know, an extreme, buy-in from everybody within the program um so our team uh, was very well like extremely close so everybody within um our program and my senior class i've stayed close with and uh it's just uh, having that sort of a relationship or that you know that brotherhood that uh it's very very uh, unique um, to be able to win 13 games and to, to battle through adversity like we did, um, it's it is uh, you know something that you connect with with your brothers and, and the guys in the, in the locker room, uh, and, and you don't that, that bond and connection does never leave. So you know a lot of my senior class I've I've stayed close with, and a lot of our our team uh, we've been pretty fortunate to stay in contact and, and be intentional about staying in each other's lives. So it's pretty, it was a, a pretty unique team and program for sure. Yeah. College football has a, just a tremendous legacy, great brotherhood. And it's, it's fun to just see it on TV, but I'm sure for you, it's, it's fun to just uh, be a lot more a part of it, being a lot more into it. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh, it's definitely life changing and and uh, has played a big role in in who each one of us are uh, after sport. Jared, thank you so much for your time, and as well for the Boise State Broncos and Oklahoma State Cowboys this upcoming Saturday night on Fox Sports One. Best of luck to both the teams and Jared. Once again, thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Appreciate it. Of course. All right, folks, that was former Boise State quarterback Jared Zabransky. Once again, the 2007 Fiesta Bowl player of the game, also the front cover of NCAA 08, and as quarterback led his team to a undefeated season in 2006. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Talk Before Kickoff. We hope to have more guests on as we preview Oklahoma State's football games this season. Thank you very much and have a good one.